Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we're back. Alternative Facts Podcast. What's up? New episode right here. I'm your host, Chris Payne. So want to stress, even though we didn't have an episode last week, that Alternative Facts is indeed a weekly podcast. We post every Thursday, but we will take some weeks off here and there because I'm a human being and I do other things. So last week was one of those weeks and I did a lot of fun things that weren't podcasting. I was down in Tennessee with a bunch of friends, first for Nashville and then in Bonnaroo Music Festival, which is just about an hour and a half drive away from the city. And uh, yeah, it's quite a trip. Maybe if you guys follow me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you guys saw a little bit of what I was doing, but lived a lot, saw a lot. Now I'm back in the office. It's my first actual day back in the office at Billboard in New York. feel like I'm pretty much there. My, my, uh, my mind, my body, it's all back. But like I said... Uh, had a blast, hung out with a bunch of friends, stayed in an RV and the festival grounds at Bonnaroo. That's really what makes Bonnaroo different from most other festivals, that you don't leave, you don't like peace out at midnight when you know the music's ending and go to your hotel because it's out in the middle of nowhere and you're camping, you just, you're there. You hang out there the whole weekend. It's actually a four-day festival and you're just with the people. There's a really fun communal vibe. And because you're out in the middle of nowhere in the woods, there's no real sound restrictions that make them have to stop the music at 11 or 12 p.m. So things can pretty much go all night, and a lot of times they almost do. Uh, trying to think of some of my, my highlights, personal highlights. I saw a Chance the Rapper come out with Francis in the Lights for May I Have This Dance. I've been in love with that song lately. It's so, so good. Just like such a pure love song. It's, it's great. And uh, so... Francis closed out his set with Chance coming out and then vice versa at Chance's set uh, two nights later Francis from Francis and the Lights came out and did the same song with Chance for his big set who else? U2 was pretty big saw them that was actually my first time seeing U2 they played the Joshua Tree from start to finish and a bunch of other hits never seen them live before it kind of blows my mind how they only have one guitarist on stage, and they just make these huge rock songs with one guitar, just the edge. I always, I guess I kind of assume that there was just some live touring guitarist who came out, but no, it's it's a true four-piece band, and you know, say what you want about you 2 these days, but they, they're they legit, they're legends. I, I had a great time at that show. 
Uh, Lord was awesome. Her, I saw her the previous weekend at Governor's Ball, and she had a really interesting stage show there with dancers and everything. It was actually a completely different stage show at Bonnaroo, which was really neat. Um, some smaller stuff trying to think of who I really enjoyed at Bonnaroo. Lucy Dacus, friend of the podcast. She was on the old podcast, the Alt in Our Stars, that I used to do for Billboard. She was really fun, one of the early sets. She has new music coming on Matador Records this year. Look out for it. She played some of it at the set. Actually closed her set with it. Sounded good. Dua Lipa, a UK pop singer. Shout out to Jason Lipschutz at Billboard for getting me into that set. Convincing me to go check her out. Didn't really know the, her whole album. Didn't know most of the music she was playing, but it was awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. So Bonnaroo was fun. Got uh, Probably I'll be at some other fests. Almost definitely more fests this year. Decent chance I'll be out at Lollapalooza. Even more decent chance I'll be at Riot Fest Chicago. And maybe I'll record some podcasts at them. Who knows? So up next, we're talking new music. This is part two of a conversation that I had with Paige Williams a couple weeks ago. Paige is by to talk about Halsey on our last podcast. She's awesome. Paige is. So is Halsey. But Paige is super cool. She's a Billboard contributor, freelance writer, a bunch of other places, uh, YouTuber, she's cool. This is us talking about the 1975, the main, Fall Out Boy, all sorts of new music we're into. Here goes. Yo, what do you think about music for cars? Oh my god, is it happening? What's happening? They said a couple weeks ago that was the album coming out in 2018. Is it? Okay. It came I, from the band, like, websites, like, we picked it up. That's, I was worried. I was like, I didn't know if it was going to be the album. I saw, because they always tweet everything so cryptically. It's all spread apart. It's got the slashes and the spaces and the capital letters. And it just, it's so complicated to even read it. So I never know if they mean this is going to be the album or it's just, this is like a DVD documentary or this is a song or this is a clothing line. I just never know. I feel like I never want to assume what they're doing because I'm going to be wrong. Maddie Healy's going to flip it on its head and I'm going to feel like an idiot. Uh, but I love them. Yeah, they're really great. They're another band that I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, they're so pretentious, which obviously they've embraced with the video for the sound. And when they performed live at the BBC Awards, it kept flashing on the screen like unconvincing emo lyrics. Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've kind of embraced the fact that people think they're too far up their own ass, but... Mm-hmm. I think they're perfect. Honestly, there's not a bad song on that album. I mean, they have gone from an album that had like a 15-word song t- album title to an album called Music for Cars. So yeah. how pretentious can that be? I I honestly... But is that... That's kind of like what Fall Out Boy's doing, which worries me. I hope they don't take the same path as Fall Out Boy. No offense, but what are your thoughts on the new song? Young and Menace? Yes. I mean, it's it's not really my cup of tea. Like, I totally appreciate that they're a rock band that tries to engage with, like, pop and dance music trends, because most rock bands just don't do that and, like, lock themselves in their own worlds. So I appreciate them that they try to innovate and, like, do interesting stuff and, you know, try to play that top 40 game, because they can hang in there. and Most rock bands these days really can't, but, yeah, I don't like the song. It's You can't do a Fall Out Boy song and not have Patrick Hump sing, singing a hook. That's one of the strongest things they have going for them. And to just take that out and replace it with this weird beat drop. And it doesn't really fit. It's kind of hard on the ears. And it just sounds like a few songs pieced together in a weird way. And it's pretty off-putting. 
Yeah, I felt like I had hope because I because I wanted to have hope because they're Fall Out Boy, and I've listened to them for so long. And even at the start of the song, I was like, I don't know. And then as soon as the "Oops, I did it again" part started, I was like, okay, this is going somewhere good. Perhaps this is not as bad as I heard it might be. And then there was a beat drop, and it turned into a Skrillex song. It wasn't even like it was just like electronic. It was dubstep Skrillex, like loud microwave noises. Um, so hopefully the decrease in words and song titles does not mean the same for the night 75 because I would be heartbroken. But there's an increase in space between letters in the album title. It's mania and there's like one space in between the M and the A and the A and the N and there's like a lot of spaces between the I and the A. That sounds like something the 1975 would do. <laughs> Fop Boy beat him to it. Totally. Oh my god. But from what I've heard about Fop Boy is that they're actually not done with the album yet and they're going to release like another single or two before an album drops and it's n- going to be a different flavor. That makes sense Young why Amaz. the album makes sense why it's so far away. Because I think at the same time, I think Paramore and Fall Out Boy both kind of released their first singles. Paramore's album's already out. Fall Out Boy's not out till September. So I guess it explains why they're giving so much lead time leading up to this. Yeah. They, they're not done. Totally. <laughs> they still have to finish it. They've been paired together for a number of years. They toured together a couple of years ago. Fueled by Ramen. Both of them still with Fueled by Ramen in Atlantic. You know, they've been label buddies for a long time. They're tied. Yeah. Tied together. What else are you looking forward to this year? Oh my God. I feel like so many things, I feel like it all started happening too fast. And now I, I'm too overwhelmed to even realize what is happening anymore. And I thought that all my favorite albums were coming out within the next few weeks, either already have come out or came out. But this is bad. And I hate even saying this, but I listened to Harry Styles' album. And I wasn't really feeling it. I know it's a good album. Like, I know inside it's a good album. But it's just not something that I want to listen to when I'm driving or just, like, listen to when I'm hanging out. I feel like it's something that I need to, like, it almost needs to be just listened to in, like, a dark room alone. That's And just absorbed. It's not, like, something you can listen to in different situations. Yeah, some of the songs are kind of a downer. And just musically, it's, you know, most people have heard a good amount of music that sounds like 60s and 70s classic rock before. Well, that's the thing is like, and he I does always, it well. But. Yeah, he he definitely does it well. Like, I'm never gonna say he's not super talented. And Kiwi is a fantastic song, but I feel like even I always get upset when people are like, "Ugh, there's so many indie pop girl singers. They're all the same. Why do we need more than one?" Or they're like, "Every pop punk band sounds the same." It's like, listen, every single rock band from the '60s and '70s definitely sounded the same. You don't seem to have a problem with that. We just call it classic rock, and we say that's what that's what it is. So I feel like I already have heard it so much because I already listened to classic rock so much. I feel like eventually, eventually I'm going to pick up this album and be like, oh, I get it. It's going to take a minute. But for right now, I feel like I'm having an existential crisis because I don't enjoy something Harry Styles did. I don't know how to process that. What about the Mains album? Oh, my God. Okay, so... I will never not love something that the main has done. I just kind of feel like that's ingrained in my DNA at this point. I feel like it's not possible. They could put out an album of them screaming and I'd be like, this is so funny. They're so ironic. Like I'd find a reason to be like, that's exactly what I wanted from them. Um, 
I thought because because they went independent, they completely, back when I was at Universal, we did a meet and greet thing with them too, and they were in a distribution thing, and now they've cut that completely. They don't have a label anymore. It's completely themselves. So I thought with the complete freedom, they would just keep trying different crazy things because because there was nobody holding them to a certain sound. So I thought this album was going to be different than what it was. And I don't have any problem with it. It's just it wasn't what I expected, I guess. It's, it sounds a lot like American Candy. So I assume that what happened was they found their niche and they're like, oh, we like this. We enjoy making this music. We'll stick with it. But I was like, you know, Forever Halloween was really emo. American Candy was really pop. This album was really rock. This one was like old scene pop, pop punk. So then when it came out and it was kind of the same as American Candy, I think I was just thrown because I didn't expect it. But it's it's a great album. And for some reason, most of my favorite tracks are the interlude tracks. Huh. So Paige, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Always a pleasure talking music, talking Maddie Healy. Of course. I always <laughs> I always enjoy a good excuse to talk about Maddie Healy. So tell the people what else you have coming up. Shout out some projects, socials, where they can find you. Um, I'm writing for a site in Canada called A-Side. I did some pieces on Haley Williams's hair over the years, just some fun stuff like that. Um, I'm always got some fun stuff going on on Billboard. I have an interview up there with Of Mice and Men, whose music I am loving a lot more these days. And I've always got my own stuff going on on Page Backstage. Uh, YouTube has been picking up, definitely having some fun over there. So feel free to come join me. I heard a rumor you're starting a new Instagram just for your travels because you travel so much. Yes, and I'll be Where honest. Where can people find that? Uh, it's called Page on the Go, and I will be honest, before I actually made the connection in my head, I was like, what could I do that's like Page Backstage but works for travel? And I was like, oh, Page on a Plane. And I looked it up, and then after a minute I was like, that's Chris's Instagram. <laughs> Yo, the brand oh. is strong. I was like, all of a sudden I was like, I can't do that. I got to step away. And then, thankfully, I thankfully I thought of something else, or I would have had to shut the whole thing down. I'm just trying to have my social network branding just pop up involuntarily in people's heads before they even realize it. So it's good. Perfect. It's good. Viral marketing, and nobody even realizes. <laughs> cool. Thanks so much for coming on. I'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Paige Williams at Paige Backstage on pretty much every social media platform. She's cool. Uh, follow her. Read her stuff. If you didn't catch our last episode, the episode where she talked about Halsey, go back and listen to it. It's just the previous one we ran two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have her on some more episodes. So before we move on to the all-time low interview, here's a little word from our sponsor. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And all right, we're back. Here is me and Taylor Weatherby, Billboard associate editor. You might remember her from the first inaugural Alternative Facts podcast where she was talking to me about the new Paramore song. Well, she's back. She's a massive fan of All Time Low. This is me and Taylor interviewing Alex and Jack from All Time Low. Enjoy. Dirty laundry. Turn the Facts podcast with my co-host this time, Taylor Weatherby. What's up? You ready? I'm totally ready. New to the cast. New to the cast. <laughs> New to the cast. We're like here with All Time Low. Introduce yourselves. Tell us what you play in the bands and I don't know, anything you want to get off your chest. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm one member of the band All Time Low. I'm Jack. I'm the other member of All Time Low. And there are two boys that aren't here right now, but we miss them very much. We left them. <laughs> what are they doing right now? Um, Ryan flew home to Nashville for a day. Uh, we're we're just to bring everybody up to speed. We're like smack in the middle of we're day before the record comes out here in the states, and we are smack in the middle of like a pretty gnarly promo run um, the week of release. So I think Ryan was flying home. We were just in London. Ryan flew back to Nashville for a day or two. Uh, Zach is here, but I believe uh, is I don't know probably passed out somewhere. Yeah. So like in the past week, literally in exactly a week, we've done Tokyo, LA, London. We just landed this. That's morning. in the last five days. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been, we've, we're kind of delirious. We don't really know where we are. I think my body has given up on me. <laughs> I'm just cruising. I like I, my body's now on autopilot. <laughs> so we don't know where exactly Zach is right now. We might have left him in London. He could be anywhere. He's yeah. could, we could sleeping have a in Grand Central like Station. You're like. Marketing tool for tomorrow. Where in the world is Zach with the album or something? Oh, for no, sure. There you yeah, go. It's a home alone situation. We yeah. definitely left him in an airport somewhere. <laughs> He's just, we're all running through yeah. some airport later. I made my band disappear. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's eating junk and watching rubbish. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Got it. Got Nailed the quote. <laughs> Nailed the quote. So, how have you guys been? It's when, when was the last time we were on the podcast? It was like two years ago. It was right when when Future Hearts came out. Okay, yeah, so like so a little over two years. Two years ago. Dang. Which it's nice to see you again. You guys said album. I was a part of it, but I don't think I was. I don't know. Maybe it was Ryan and I. It might have been Ryan and you. Was it me and Ryan? Do you remember? I think it might have been. I'd re- yeah, I'd remember this. Yeah. One of we you was not, wearing... Just for, as a visual description, to anyone listening, we are in the. What do you guys call this room? Like library. It is the library. So we're the we're in the archives room of the of the billboard offices. Mm. So it's just all this. It's like kind of smells like old books, which I love. leather bound books. Yeah, it's There's, nice. There are many leather bound. Last time books. we were and not in the look archives. Super tan. So it's good lighting in here. <laughs> Very flattering lighting. <laughs> but yeah, you guys came by for Future Hearts last time, and that album killed it. I mean, we we talked a little bit about the. Uh, unfortunate circumstances before this but uh you guys debuted at number two on the billboard 200 so and it was clearly a very successful album for you guys so did you guys take anything from that success and use that in the creation of last young renegade um you know i think we we learned a lot from that record just given that that there was still growth happening i mean it was uh that was our sixth album at the time and now we're going on to number seven and um to to see like to see that it's still the sales are still going up and there's everything still was trending upwards at that point was a very inspiring thing for us. You know, it was the first time we had a number 
I guess number two song in the states, number one in the UK. Like it was, it was a lot of firsts for us. Uh, quite, you know, pretty far into a career it was um, it was really it was like a it was definitely a boost to our confidence. I think as a band, just knowing that we could keep going with it, and and as long as we keep kind of reinventing ourselves a little bit, like people, more and more people were jumping on for the ride and and wanted to be a part of it. Um, and it kind of opened up the lane for us to musically expand. Yeah, I think what it really signified for us was that you know we we tried a few new things on that record. It was kind of a it felt like a growth from the record that came before it, but it sort of made it apparent to us that our fans were ready for something different. Uh, and so that was, I think, the biggest realization with this new album was that we could go and make something pretty left of center for us and um, an experiment. Uh, and as long as we felt like it still had sort of the core feel, the core feels of an all-time low mm. record, that it would um, that it would still translate. Uh, and I think that's kind of what we went for. We, we definitely tried a lot of new things on this record. and um, But yeah, when I, when I break it down, it still feels like an all-time low record to me. Yeah. I definitely agree. Thank you. You you love the production on it. Yeah, yeah, the production is really neat. It 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 sounds like it's you guys, but it sounds like really in the game of what like like cool producers are doing these days and like techniques that you hear and stuff that's hot. Like like what made you want to step outside of things? Like was it maybe like you mentioned your fans, but you just wanted to push yourselves further? Was it maybe like being with a new label? Like what was it? Uh, honestly, I think it's a bit of, uh, not so much the label. I mean, Fueled by Ramen was definitely, once we signed with them, they were definitely on board for us to try new things. Um, they were, they've always been very supportive of us from the get go, uh, and kind of just down to let us grow. And they were very much about embracing where we wanted to go next. Um, as far as the change in sound, I think it was more a desire to just get outside of our comfort zone. Um, you know, this is, like I said, our seventh album and we've been a band for 14 plus years now. So it's like, you know, how many how many records can you make the same way before it's like, all right, we're burning out on this a little bit. Yeah. There's that. And also kind of our own personal music. Um, what we listen to in our, yeah. in our lives, I think change, you know, changes as you get older. And I think that's a big part of it, but also our live show, um, mixing up the live show and having a different dynamic than just, you know, fast pop punk, the whole show, um, was a big part of it as well. It was a huge, it was a huge thing that we wanted to address as we got into, because last, uh, the last few years on this last record, uh, the shows were getting bigger. We were going up and playing, you know, more arena sized shows, bigger festivals, things like that. And, um, yeah, one of the things we realized was, you know, you start playing a two hour set and it's like, not everybody wants two straight hours of like, yeah, upbeat, fast, fast, fast in your face, full distortion the whole time. So it was like, how do we add some dynamic to the live show as well and, and create these ebbs and flows and, and, you know, just something a little bit different. Well, and one thing that I've been talking to some of my fan friends about is that there was like a period where like, I don't know, she, one of my friends specifically is like talked about selling out and like doing too much pop production in, you know, the pop punk realm. Sure. So how do you guys feel about that? Like, did, did you feel like you addressed that with any? Like, I think we sold out a really long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> When, when we released nothing personal, people thought we sold out. Yeah, it's so weird how that works. I can't help but feel like the whole selling out thing is it's kind of a dumb conversation in my opinion. I like think it's so. I don't really get it. Um, we've never been like this sort of super cred like indie all the way, like we have something to prove to anyone kind of band. We've never mm. been that. We've always just made music that made us happy and whether it was more punk, more rock, more pop, whatever it was, we've always just done what we liked at the time. Um, and you know, again, like it, it, it comes up with every record we put out, whether it's, whether it's don't panic, which was way back, like return to form rock for us, or whether it's this record, which is a little more out there and trying some different things. Um, 
you know, there's always someone that says, oh, they sold out. Yeah, we. Like- I remember when Nothing Personal came out, we were like on TRL and we were we were performing and you know waitlist came out and people were like it had like a beat in the intro and everyone's like sellouts and now it's like you know our what most- is this postal service beat at the beginning of the song <laughs> yeah and now it's like our, one of our more credible songs yeah. that's so funny it's how our, it's one of our stables it's funny how that loves that song by the way i think no, whenever so people hear change they assume selling out <laughs> you know what i mean yeah well and that so. goes back to like what you were saying about they don't want two full hours of the same song right. in the live set and it's like let the band experiment with what they want to experiment i think with. it's yeah. hard for people i get it because i you know i I remember having times, uh, you know, listening to music and having my favorite bands when they would shift or change and I'd be like, well, what's this all about? And, um, you know, I think it's just, I think that term selling out is just an easy thing to throw out there that that in the moment justifies what you're feeling. Like, I'm not ready for this change. I think it's it's kind of, I equate it to like kind of what happened with, uh, with Blink when they put out that self-titled record. And that was very, very different coming off, you know, take off and enema. Um, and you know, it was, uh, like in the moment, I didn't get it. I that first week of listening to it, I remember just being like, "I hate this. What is this?" And then like a month later, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever heard." Yeah, just, I, it had to kind of grow on me. A little and bit even like, imagine being a Blink fan during Dude, Ran- Dude Ranch, and then Enema comes out. You're probably like, "What the shit?" Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> like literally going from like these joke punk songs to like all the small things. Like it must have been crazy. But now you it's look back context. and Enema is like their is considered their, you know masterpiece totally and i think at the end of the day what it really comes down to is you know and it it is wow i'm I'm like having a stroke a desire to not stagnate um you know we don't want to keep putting out the same album over and over and over again i think it would cheat ourselves to to do that because we would just get bored um but i also think it would kind of cheat a lot of the fans as well to sort of give them the same thing over and over and over again yes maybe at first it feels comfortable but i think it would be one of those things where People then live with the record for maybe a week and then they're over it and they move on. So I think this is, you know, you have to try and make stuff that that keeps people interested. Yeah, when I listen to the album, I hear Ground Control as the biggest fixed changer upper curveball on the album. So how did that one come about? Ground Control actually came about kind of early in the process. Yeah, which is weird because, you know, it's kind of it was so different. But um there was times where we didn't think it was going to make the album and times where we did it and I think when Tegan and Sarah got on it, it kind of made the most sense to put it on because We went very back and forth on that song mm-hmm. because yeah, like like Jack said, early on in the process, it was definitely one of the more left of center songs. Um but it always had this really good energy to it at the end of the day. Like what it kept coming back to was every time we'd go, "Man, is that a little too much? Is this too different?" We would, I'd listen to it in the car or something and be like, man, like this song really actually makes me feel something. Like every time I hear that song, it hits me and I've heard it a million times. So, um, the, you know, that in itself says something about it. Um, and then, yeah, when, when we reached out and got Tegan and Sarah on the track, they sort of elevated it again and it all made a lot more sense because it has some of the sensibility. I can't talk today. What's wrong with me? I mean, you said your travel schedule is yeah. like all over the world. You might still so. be in Tokyo. I'm, sp- I'm speaking <laughs> Japanese. Um, it, has, uh, it has some of the sensibilities that I think Tegan and Sarah um, bring to the table. And, and it already sort of lent itself to that a little bit. So they really like, they were kind of the, the 
missing ingredient, I think. Once they sang on it, it was like, oh my God, this makes sense. And then it kind of, it kind of, the record sort of took a few more twists and turns in throughout the process. And then suddenly that song made a lot more sense in the context. Cool. Did yeah. you guys hear like a female voice singing that song when you originally it was it? written as it is now with a different female singer oh okay. well, yeah, yeah it was yeah. always it was always written uh phoebe um so phoebe oh my god i'm spacing on my brain is not working right now i'm sorry phoebe ryan phoebe. yes, phoebe, yes ryan, phoebe ryan phoebe ryan uh actually helped write the chorus to the song oh wow um so she had been working with the producer mike green who i've worked with for years and they had this sort of chorus formulating but didn't know what to do with it uh, and I kind of came in one day, we were working on other songs and, um, him and Phoebe were working on it. And I was like, this is a fantastic song. And so we sat down and I sort of wrote verses to it and kind of crafted the court, like changed the chorus around a little bit. And suddenly it sort of took on this whole new life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we just sort of put it to the side and it didn't really do, we didn't do anything with it for a while. And then it was you know, as we got deeper and deeper into making the record, that that song sort of came back to the forefront. Yeah, we kept going back to it because at this point we had like 20 songs and for, for whatever reason, that one just like, like Alex said, made you feel something and stuck out. It wouldn't so, go away. Yeah. So <laughs> then it was like, it, then it was about, you know, Phoebe was busy and couldn't like, had other stuff going on. So wasn't able to be featured on the song. I would have loved her to be on it too. She's amazing. But um, so when we, when we realized we needed to find someone else for it, uh, Tegan and Sarah were kind of the first, first people that came to mind. Um, mm. And we reached out. I, I didn't really know them. Yeah, um, we don't know them, but we, we're huge fans of them. We were yeah. listening to a lot of their music when we were in a studio. Exactly. So we had never met before, but yeah. we're big fans and, and just kind of took a shot in the dark. We sent them the song, sent their management the song, and, and we're just like, look, we feel like this would be great. Uh, let us know if you want to be a part of it. And they were down. It turns out, I think we, there was like some mutual fanship there. No way. That's um, awesome. So, yeah. So it was great. It was a surprise. It was, a it nice was, surprise. Very, <laughs> it was a very pleasant surprise. You know, I, I didn't know. So it was cool to have that. You know, I think when those things happen in music, that's always a really kind of nice, awesome, like, connectivity. Yeah. Maybe you... one day you'll meet. Yeah, yeah right. I'm still, I mean, it's going to be it's so, so weird. Like, hey. <laughs> it's still yeah, really we're on a track funny together, but we never met. We've <laughs> definitely, like, we've definitely passed in, like, you know, probably at festivals We've and things like that and been like, Hey, yeah. what's up? Good to see you. All right. See you later. Got to go play. Like yeah. things like that. Right. But there's never been like a, let's go grab dinner and talk about the music we're making together. Yeah. So this is like, <laughs> I'm excited to get like coffee or drinks or food with them at some point and be like, guys, great job. We made an awesome <laughs> yeah. record. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you guys seen that meme where it's like a picture of a scene guy like losing his mind and it says that feeling when Maria doesn't count. Yeah. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> I've not seen, never that. seen that. No. I think I love uh, that. Buzzfeed posted it once or something or someone like that. And like, you just got blown up. I was like, that's pretty funny. That's amazing. <laughs> Transcend into meme. Well, I haven't seen you guys for like a year and a half, but are you still closing with dear Maria? Every yeah. Night? Yeah. We, we still close. It with feels it. right. It's, it's something. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. We sort of stole it from fallout boy. Follow Boy and Blink, yeah. They've always both of those bands have always closed with the same song, no matter what their yeah. hit is at the time. They mm-hmm. they still I think Follow Up Boy closed with Saturday. Yeah. Like yep. they do. So what was, was just, Blinks? Oh damn, damn it. it. They always yeah, play Damn right. It Last. Yeah. So um and it was kind of just borrowed from that. I, I think a lot of other bands do it too, but like that was something that I remember as a kid seeing, like when I when I was super, super into like just I'm still into him, but die hard over Blink. And um I remember that I thought that was always a cool thing that as I got older and saw them bigger and bigger with different singles out that they still always played that last. And I just think yeah. it's a nice... Green Day would always close with Time of Your Life, even though like they're upbeat and they're close with like, an acoustic song. It was so ridiculous. It's <laughs> but just it's a nice great. thing to do for the fans that have been there for a long time. You know what I mean? Like Even if most people have like left... Yeah, Fall Out Boy has know? way bigger songs. And I mean, almost all their songs are bigger than Saturday. <laughs> but... Totally. 
the the, the amphitheater could be empty, but if there's like 20 kids in the front that are singing along to Dear Maria, like at the end of the day, it's still cool. Yeah. That's when Taylor's friend who thinks you're sellouts like runs back and is, oh, I love this song. <laughs> oh, this is my, this is my jam. Yeah, if you're coming to the show and all you like is Dear Maria, like I have bad news for you. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. You're going to have to wait. Do you have any, yeah. anything you wanted to add? Coming up. So when this podcast drops, the album will be out, but you'll be just starting to go on tour. But right before your tour, you're doing a bunch of signings, meet and greets, that kind of thing. I want to know, what are these things like for you? Do you have fans who come to every single one who you remember every time? What's that like? There's fans that come to every signing, like multiple a day and multiple shows on a tour. And I look at them and like they, they act like it's the first time they've seen it. And it's awesome. And I don't get it. Like I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, how are you not sick of us? How do you <laughs> pretend? I respect it and I love it. But I'm like, holy. But I mean, I guess yeah. if I go back to me. When I was, you know, me going to any Blink show, you know, we did the whole Blink tour, most of it, and I watched them every single night. So I kind, I get it. Um, if it you never will, gets old. Like, yeah. When you're when you're in that in those sh- that pair of shoes, like watching that band, yeah. that, that means that to you, which is amazing to even know that we have fans that right. are in that place. But um, yeah, I get it. It's very cool. I, you know, and I also like I sort of love it because it gives you, it kind of grounds it a little bit. Like as I was just saying, we've just been in five different countries over the last like week. So it kind of, when you see someone that, you know, even we've have, we have had fans that fly to different cities. Like, so we'll be in London and see a few fans, fans from like Jersey who come follow us down the East coast. And then they're in London at our meet and greet there. And it's like, oh, wow. It's also a nice safety net. It pulls you back in. Yeah. It's a nice safety net for when you're playing like a festival or something and the crowd's, you know, not exactly on your side or whatnot, or it's like a harder show. Like you're just. When has the crowd not been on our side? You just like look in the front row. You're like, oh, they love us. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) You got at least like five people. Yeah, I was like, I'll just, I'll just look at you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any specific super fans you want to give a shout out to? Ooh. Kyle Frayne. Kyle. What's up, Kyle? Sherry. God, there's so many. Emily, who's Tyler. Tra- Emily travels These the world. people are going to love to hear this. Seriously. Yeah. So, Tyler and make Emily, this count. Emily from Washington travels the world. There you go. Yeah, Tyler from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Now there's we, so many we're forgetting. There's um, a lot of good people I'm out really there. I'm really good with faces. Like, well, I'll remember faces all day, but yeah, names are difficult sometimes. Yeah, and you guys say, like, oh, they must be tired of us by now after seeing us so many times. I'm thinking also, this is like such a social networking, like, community aspect for the fans because, like, all the all time low fans, they all know each other, these super fans who see each other and just socialize through you guys. So it's a big event for them, too, in that way. It is pretty incredible. I've always kind of tried to take a step back every now and then and remind myself that, you know, more importantly than us getting to do it on stage, it is bringing people together, which is really cool. Um, It's what brought our band together, you know? Yeah. The same kind of aesthetic and the same kind of atmosphere is what brought us all together to begin with. So it's, it's really cool to see that still happening, you know, this far down the line. Well, and I think mixing up the sound too helps with the old fans because there are some that will whatever label you and whatnot and go away. But the people that want to be around, you know, as long as you guys are making music, it's awesome to be able to hear new sounds from you guys and know that you guys are excited about it. Yeah, I think one of the other things I always think about with in regards to that and in regards to the response to change is, is like the the old stuff's not going anywhere. Right. So I yeah. think sometimes that, that always makes me laugh when people are like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. This new record, I'm done. <laughs> it's like, why though? Like you can still come and hear the other... 30 songs that we're playing from the back catalog that you like right. like you don't have to you know there's it's it's ebbs and flows again like i said and it also from from the other standpoint it's crazy to hear people that have been around for 10 years who have like 
therapy lyrics tattooed on them also come and get like a missing you tattoo you know what i mean like yeah. they yeah. still even like at mid-20s like the song still affects them that much which is crazy already i've seen people sort of talking to us who yeah are, are some of our even some of our older fans uh who are kind of really moving with the change in style and sound and the fact that like this far down the line they're kind of like these new songs speak to me i get this i relate to where you're coming from that's kind of amazing was there anything different, like, writing the songs for you guys on this record in terms of songwriting? We just wanted to be really honest. That was really what it was about. It was it was about always having that good gut feeling about everything and trusting that if we had a good feeling about a song that we were on the right path and not overthinking that too much. And then it's same for the opposite, if it didn't feel right, not chasing it just because it was a song. I think sometimes in the past you're like, oh, I know, but we spent so long writing this song, we have to see it through. And it's like, no, you don't. It sucks. Like, let, let it be. Don't put it out. Um, so that was that's a valuable lesson learned. And I think, you know, over the years we learned that. Um, and so it feels good to have a record now out that, you know, every song on it I would, you know, I would go to bat for no matter what. So it's where it is in the past. You know, I think there are records where if you point at one song on an album and we're like, you know, how do you feel about that song? I'm like, I probably wouldn't put that out if you ask me now. So it's, it's good to, it's good to have that confidence as a writer and as a creator and, um, to be sort of that close now with, with our, what we do. Do you feel like you're at the peak of your confidence like where you've ever been in terms of being? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think we've, I think we went into this record feeling extremely emboldened by the fact that people were, you know, as far as what I could take away from it, people were ready for a journey. Well, thank you guys for so much, or so much for coming by. Thanks for having us. This was yeah, fun. I think How's I'm going to faint. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah I'm fine. <laughs> <You're> gonna <laughs> I'm faint? Just... I saw last time when you guys were talking to Chelsea at Billboard News that Ryan had like a sneezing fit. And he's like, that was so and funny. you guys are like, you're like, he has low blood pressure or something. He's going to pass out if he sneezes too much. He, was he's like, it. he has a very low resting heart rate, we've learned. Dangerously low. Dangerously low. I'm like, what is wrong? Why are you so calm? Stop he's, being so very, calm. he's got a very powerful heart. a drummer, heart. that's a little insane. Yeah. Very powerful heart. <laughs> Just one beat is all he needs. <laughs> Once a year. <laughs> and then the blood just circulates. That's it's incredible. actually why he's not here. He's like dealing with his Yeah, one he's beat. he had to go home to have a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just one. He's overdue. Thanks, Sweet. guys. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you this so much. Fun oh, catching cool. up. Thanks again so much for those guys for coming by. All Time Low are big bands. They have a lot of things to do when they come through a place like New York City. So I really, really always appreciate it when those guys come by. They were on my previous podcast for Billboard, the Altenar Stars. They liked me enough to come back again and chat. So thanks to those guys. Last Young Renegade, the album, I like it a lot. I like it more than their last couple albums. Check it out. I think it's got a lot of replay value, a lot of new sounds, new looks for All Time Low. And it's really catchy, catchy stuff. Next week, interview with Charlie Bliss. Speaking of catchy stuff, their album Guppy we've already talked about in this podcast. It's awesome. It's probably going to be one of my top five albums this year. Amazing poppy rock, DIY rock, pop punk, sort of stuff like that. And they were also just a really fun band to chat with. So that's next Thursday's episode. To get the episodes of Alternative Facts every single week automatically, subscribe to the podcast. 
You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for it. It's hashtag alternative facts, all one word. Or just go to the podcast app on your phone, search for it there. Subscribe, get it every week automatically. And also, uh, always appreciate star ratings, any kind of feedback you can write in. It helps so much with getting more attention to the podcast and getting me feedback about what you like, what you don't like. So give a star rating, write something in there, make it fun. Maybe I'll shout you out on the next podcast. Maybe I'll rate your star rating. Who knows? So that's all I got. Signing off. See you next Thursday. Bye-bye.